Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. John Southworth is a remarkable songwriter, musician, filmmaker, theatrical performer, and author who calls Toronto home. Over the past 25 years, Southworth has established himself as one of the world's most fascinating and intriguing artists, operating in different modes in the service of his songs. His latest album is called Miracle in the Night, which is out in May of 2019 via Tin Angel Records. And John and his band, The South Seas, are doing some touring both ahead of and after its release. I met with John recently at the Skyline Restaurant in Toronto for a chat about our old times together, the experimental work he did with electronic pop music tones on his last record, Small Town Water Tower, the recent death of our mutual friend and his bandmate, Justin Haynes, shooting his latest music video in Guelph, the new album, Miracle in the Night, and much, much more. With the support of listeners like you, who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 470th episode of Creative Control, featuring the ingenious John Southworth and, for a brief moment, our server Nick, with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, John. How are you? 
I'm great. Thank you for having me at the Skyline Restaurant, which is not your establishment, but you, you suggested we meet here. Yeah. Why is that? Why did you pick this place? Well, I live about a minute away, so that's one reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, convenient for you. Yeah, unlike you. Yeah, I came here from Guelph and it was uh, fine, but this place seems cool. It's got a kind of a, how would you describe the decor? It's retrofitted. Yes. Um, there's some nice chalked pictures of birds on the, on the, on the walls. Are those chalked? Yeah. Oh, did someone, someone actually drew them in chalk? Look at that. So these are like blackboard walls. That's interesting. Do they change ever? No, they've been this, that, they've been the same birds since I've been here for a couple of years. Are you a bird person? Do you like birds? I love birds. I used to have a budgie. I think they're really well done, actually. It's better than, you know, it's creative. Yes, it's very... I wonder if children, when they're here, rub them, you know, rub out the chalk and... You'd think I'd be tempted to, but nobody has. It's very fascinating. Anyway, this is, yeah, this is nice. They play, they play good music. Yes, they're playing uh, music. People can maybe hear that. Hopefully we don't get in trouble. Good feeling, you know. Yeah. No, I, it's yeah. nice to... This is how you and I met. Yeah. Over uh, an interview over a meal. Maybe about 10 years ago. Was it 10 years ago? Yeah. Now? Wow. You remember this. Yeah. We, I used to have a breakfast show on the CBC and you were one of the earliest guests. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were good times. So is this, is this a 10 year anniversary for us? Damn right. <laughs> you took me out to dinner? Yeah. Now we haven't ordered yet. I'm hoping that uh, because we're talking on microphones that no one is dissuaded from coming to, to serve us. Um, what do you normally get here yourself? Do you have a regular... Well, Oh, they just they just made the music really bad all of a sudden. What is the music? I didn't. I'm not even listening. I'm trying to concentrate on you. It's a cover of um, a Buddy Holly song by somebody. Is it so easy to fall in love with a Buddy Holly song? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, it is. Is it really? Yeah. We're gonna get sued by everyone. Buddy Holly, whoever this is, who covered this song? I don't remember. It's like the '80s, right? Me- this is a medley. They've oh, changed a medley. keys. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we let's concentrate on ordering. I'm gonna ignore the music. Uh, as my, if I had a lawyer, they'd probably tell me to do that. What would you normally order for? Well, you know, I sometimes they make um, interesting specials, and I normally get the. The fish specials, but they don't, you can look at the specials here, Vish. Look. Oh, oh, I see. Sorry, I was looking behind me at the chalkboard. So today is technically Fried Chicken Friday. Boneless, skinless chicken thighs served with Cajun potato salad, creamy kale, green beans, and cornbread. That sounds a, like a lot. Uh, oh, daily fish, blackened salmon with pineapple salsa, seven grain rice, and gr- that sounds yeah. that I, sounds pretty good. I might actually get that. Oh, daily pasta. You're gonna are you gonna get the fish? Not tonight. No, you're not going to no. get the fish. Tonight. It was also a vegan bowl. You know, I tried going vegan in February. How did that go? Went okay. It was kind of a stressful month, and I bailed. Yeah. It wasn't. I I was vegetarian. Yeah. But I couldn't keep up with the vegan. It's it's the kind of thing we have to be full time. You don't have any. If you have no work and nothing to do, you could probably do it. That's fair to say. I did take the time to learn some recipes, and I made some great stuff. But uh, it, it just, I don't know, it was a stressful time. I just couldn't do everything at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, anyway, yeah, I might, I don't know. Okay, so those are specials. Do you, do you ever get anything that's in the menu? I sometimes get, you know, the poutine I like. Oh, is it good? It's pretty good. Tuna melt on rye, you can't and really that, go. And that's almost vegan. The the poutine. poutine. How is it? You vegan? can get it without the, oh, um, the, 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 the cheese nuggets. It's, it's curds, vegan. Curds, the curds. The curds, yeah. Curds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the, but the gravy is vegan? 
as far as you know? You didn't, you probably, or vegetarian? You haven't looked into this. It's pretty vegan. Okay. The gravy. What does pretty vegan mean to you? I mean, it's close enough. (laughs) Okay. I might, I might either get a tuna melt on rye. That salmon thing sounds good, but it's like 20 bucks. And, uh, but it also has got everything I want. It's got a little fruit. It's got, uh, yeah, but you rice. don't. You're not drinking, are you? No, I don't drink. So there you go. What does that mean? Well, I mean that's like the price of a beer is pretty much the price of a meal. Oh, so. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I kind of I thought this was kind of like a classic old school place. I kind of just want to try one of their things here, and I'm thinking the tuna melt with French fries, might with pickles and twelve year old cheddar. I mean, how do you go wrong with that? Just get the vegan gravy poutine dish. <laughs> no, I don't want to get that. Do uh, Do I have to get that just because you're you suggested the place? I kind of want to get whatever I want. This is how I am. Veggie deluxe burger. Okay, I'm going to figure something out. I'm leaning towards the tuna melt on rye with the 12-year-old cheddar. That sounds good. And french fries. I just feel like having something like that. I just got off the got off the road. I want something kind of comforting. Easy easy to, to eat, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we didn't uh, decide to meet just to have a chat about uh, food. Or did we? Is that why you picked a restaurant? Well, you know, I kind of like, I like talking about food. Yeah. If there's nothing else to talk about. If there's nothing else to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we can talk about food. We have other stuff to talk about, don't yeah. we? You have a new record coming out. Well, food might be more interesting than that. Really? I don't know. You don't think your new record is interesting? Yeah, of it's course. What's your new record called? My new record is um, called Miracle in the Night. Miracle in the Night. Yeah. Oh, I'm Right away, I was curious about that title. Uh, lots of night. It's got a nighttime vibe, if I might say. Your sure. Record. But what what is this miracle in the night? What inspired this title, first of all? Well, there's a song on the record called Miracle in the Night. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I had a title for the record, another one, a different one. And um, the closer we got to finishing it, I was kind of backtracking on that title. And some people w- would raise eyebrows when I told them the title, and I was like... I don't know if I could should go with that. So I just went with something that felt right in terms of that really spoke about, like you said, the night. You're a fan of the nighttime? I'm not necessarily a fan, but that's what the record is. It feels best listening to. It does, actually. I've, yeah. I've noticed that myself. Would you mind? I don't mean to get into kind of the director's cut commentary, but what was your original title? Was it another song? No, it oh. was. Um, I don't want to tell you the title because I might use it. You and might still use it. Yeah, okay, I might but use it, it for something else. It's not reflected in another song title. Is no, all not at all. Okay, it yeah. wasn't like that. Was okay. Okay. So, "Miracle in the Night" is the the title you went with. Does that capture? We've sort of established it's got a nighttime vibe. You operate, I think, in modes and phases. This is a different phase than maybe your most recent record, which was more. Yeah. I don't know. What would you call? It? How would you describe it? More energetic or more pop oriented? Oh, more, well, maybe more subversive. More subversive. Because this one has a more of a a slightly laid back. I feel like this one's also subversive. This one has a spookiness to it. Yeah, it depends, I guess, it it, it, it depends what you mean by that word. But the the previous record, which was called Small Town Water Tower, is, I mean, it's it's in a different world altogether. Mm. Yeah. How would you distinguish the two? Wor- no, no, this is what I'm getting at. You, yeah. I think, occupy with your records, with the modes you operate with, with the players you choose to play with. Mm-hmm. Given those modes and phases, you operate in different worlds. So what's the distinction between the, w- the world of the last record and this one from your perspective? 
Oh, well, the, the just just musically, they um, well on a production level, they're very different. They're opposite records. You know, one was made. The previous record was made with you know, 808 drum machines and young a young kid producer who operates in extremely well in MIDI. And um, do you want to state the name of that MIDI? Person? Yeah, no, Derek no. Derek Hoffman. Derek Hoffman. Okay. His middle name is MIDI. <laughs> is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Derek based? He's in he's in Toronto too. Okay, and he has more of a, a bent towards synthesized tones. Oh, just the the current pop sound. Right. At the time, well, and that was something that was revolutionary for me to try and do. Right. I was there was no for various reasons. I wanted to take my song and place it in. What's the name of the radio station in Toronto that's like ninety two point one Kiss FM? Kiss FM might be the yeah maybe there's yeah. flow and the, the I, w- I yeah. wanted to immerse myself directly into that. Why is that? Well, that I'm gonna try to remember my mindset at the time. Why? Yeah, sorry to go back. I no, just uh, I'm just trying to think of it because uh, for a while I thought it was completely futile making art records. Yeah. So you you thought you would push your art sensibility into a more of a I pop realm. I wanted to realm. make a more pure democratic record that was just. Some people who didn't know who I was, or people who knew who I was, there was um. It would. If you, can you imagine if you know you know then the guy who makes Britney Spears records, Max Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard the name. I don't know him. Well, he's he's he, you know, there's a certain way of making pop music now that. I thought it would. When I found Derek, I thought, well, this is this would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. Just that's it. Yeah. It, it it took my song in a whole other to a whole other place. You're talking about you're talking about pop music. You're talking about populism. You I, were you trying to reach a different audience? Well, I mean, is that yes, always but the goal? It, but it wasn't necessary. It wasn't that naive. Okay. You feel like there's an inherent limitation to what? Well, this is just the, the style of my song. Like uh, I, my style of songwriting is. Um, is is not the weekend no it's not i wanted it was it was an experiment to use the tools of of 21st century pop and all those sounds was something that was really exciting so in the end were you pleased with how it came out completely did it feel it was an experiment it was different than what you've done in the past did it feel foreign to you for a while, but it, it, that was why I was excited by it. I, I I get off on making music that freaks me out a bit. <laughs> Did it change? I saw you. I believe I saw you play a live show behind that record. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Gill was in the band and mm-hmm. some other great players. Um, Did it alter your performance stance, so to speak, your persona? Did it alter you this music because it was different? Briefly. Briefly. <laughs> when, when, what period did it alter? When did you say briefly? While you were in the zone for, of for a few weeks, for a few weeks yeah. while you were playing shows behind it, you felt like a different person. Well, you know, I performed for the first little while. I was performing with a, a stick bundle on my back, and I toured. We the, when we toured Europe, I performed those songs with a. It, it was like a performance art piece, you know, in a way, and I. The first time I did it was opening for a Veda Hilly show in Toronto, and 
it went down really well and I and I really it was like a, about a year where I was really into this using very populist sounds but then presenting it in an in a extremely should we say anti-populist way so there was this contradiction and weird tension going on that I was very fascinated with that and exploring that and that was a thing you know and I was glad I did it what made it anti-populist though I, I'm just trying to clarify this were you did you do those synthesized songs on your own I saw I mentioned that I saw you with a band anti-populist I would I would define by a a domino effect of, of raised eyebrows across continents from the audience some potentially or just from people watching a video or listening to the record or do you feel like people didn't know what to make of what you were doing a little bit but isn't that always been the case Probably. I feel like you are entering, if you've not already entered this realm, there are songwriters, your contemporaries, your colleagues, if you will, whether you know them or not, who think John Southworth is like a songwriter's songwriter. That can be a, a high honor. That can be a, the kiss of death. Yeah. That means, that means uh, in your craft, in your practice, you couldn't be much better. But it, it, the albatross is that uh, it means there might be an inherent limitation to how you're going to transcend and reach a wider audience. And it sounds yeah. like you've done a little bit. You're great. I, you know, we've talked many times over the last decade because I think you're one of the finest songwriters I've encountered. So I feel that. Other people you know feel this way. That that's, that's great. That the, what I, I guess what I would say to that is that people can project their own ideas of what they think should, should be the reaction to things. And everybody has something different to bring to that. Right. So all I would say to that is, I'm not really that interested. I d I'm, un I'm interested. I just feel there's there's such stagnancy that I don't in in, in general in the culture that uh, just I'm just get a kick out of doing whatever I want now. It's interesting that you use the, the phrase stagnancy because I feel like it's in hyper flux or, or it's never it's just hyper it's you can't keep up like you say you worked with this fellow and you made contemporary sounds of the time by the time the record came out culture had changed it, th those sounds might have already been sort of I don't think so I, those sounds are still on the radio no I know I'm, I'm just saying though like to, to try to keep up with culture it doesn't sound like you were trying to keep up with culture you were just trying to experiment with the last record so and I don't mean to dwell too yeah. much on the last record but and you're also saying like external considerations maybe don't matter to you as much like from well of course they do but but there's not it's it was it matters more what matters more is making music that i feel excited by right that that's far more important so you, you make a record like the last one which has this contemporary bent to it you're going into 808 beats for people who don't know the 808 drum machines i didn't even know what it was it's a very popular yeah. it's uh, particularly in the hip-hop in rap music, it's a very common and steadfast, like it's just a stalwart. Yeah. People always use the 808 drum machine. So you go from that record to this one. Yeah. Which is, I would say, a wholly different. I mean, it's you. A different group, right? No, I've worked with the South Seas That's your on five different records. Okay. Oh, okay. So I, I return, it's kind of like me, it's like the way Neil Young returns to Crazy Horse every few, few records. Yeah. 
Can we order something? Sure. Yeah, sorry. I know we've got our microphones here. Well, we're doing a little interview for a podcast, but if you, if you don't mind. Do you want to be on it for a second? It's going out there a billion people. Well, I don't know about that. But what's I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're, 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 well, we're, uh, John's a musician, so we're talking about his new record, oh, okay. Miracle in the Night, which is coming out next month. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you want to introduce yourself? I just just so people know who I'm talking. You know, what's your name? My name's Nick. I am the waiter at Skyline Diner. Thank you very much, Nick. Uh, we are going to order. I think John's going to order first. He's a um, regular. I will order a poutine, please. Poutine. Yeah, and another another one of these. Got it. Okay. I was interested in trying. Do you recommend anything at the Skyline? Uh, By the burgers are what we're known for. Really, you're known for your burgers. Yeah. Is, is that a vegan dish? Yes. Yeah. It can be. It looks like. Is your veggie burger renowned? Not to the same extent, but it's good. I I don't know. I think I'm just. I'm gonna try. What about your tuna melt? Tuna melt's good. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with the tuna melt, right? Yeah. I'm gonna try the two-piece tuna melt on rye, and I'll have uh, I'll have French fries. Sure. And maybe uh, do you got like a ginger ale? Yep. I'll have one of those. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Thank yes. you. Yeah. See, I knew it. They were gonna think it was weird. We're talking on the microphone. Normally, we clear all this. We didn't clear. Just it. look like a couple of geeks. We are nerds, yeah. aren't we? It's because it's mostly me. No, it's not. No, it's both of us. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, the South Seas. This is a, a, yeah. a band you've uh, taken through different... Since 2003, I've been working with them. How long have you been in Toronto again? Well, since 1983. 83, okay. But you, sometimes you're in Montreal? Sometimes, yeah. But people who are listening might pick up a lilt, uh, an accent. I was born in England. Born in England, yeah. I know this. I'm just... Yeah. I'm, other people are listening. Yeah, yeah. Born in England and you've been here since 83. So you've been in... Or sorry, you've been in Toronto since 83? Mm-hmm. But back and forth to Montreal every once in a while? Yeah. Still doing that? Still do that. Okay, okay. So, uh, the South Seas band, uh, who is in the band? Sean Martin on drums. Andrew Downing on bass. The last few years, a piano player called Craig Harley. And then, originally, I had two guitar players that, depending on the project, their styles, we will be working on with it or not. And one is Tom Gill, you know, yep. as we mentioned. And the other is the late Justin Haynes. Now, Justin and I, uh, yeah, we just lost Justin. Justin was someone I knew. Uh, do you want to talk about Justin? Sure. A little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. We, it's fresh uh, situation. So I knew Justin mostly from any time I went to the Transac in Toronto, I seemed to run into him no matter what was going on. Well, he was banned from the Transac. That, that must have been a long time ago. I think I, I swear I saw him at the last Michael Hurley show I was at. Well, then he was breaking his ban. I saw him and said hello. Okay. The thing with Justin, and uh, I was going to say, so the Transac and the Guelph Jazz Festival are often where I would run into Justin, or shows in Guelph yeah. or Toronto. But Justin, uh, I was confused by my relationship with Justin, because uh, when I saw him, we seemed to get along. We had this, not the history you have, but we had a history, and so we'd say hello. And But then I would go on my Facebook, when I used to check Facebook regularly, and there'd just be a very acerbic, aggressive comment by Justin about something just innocuous it didn't seem to matter it had yeah. nothing to do with him he would just suddenly uh, spew a little bit of hatred towards me and I didn't understand it and then the next time I saw him or later he would like something that I, uh, it just seemed to change yeah. this seemed to be the experience I didn't know this but this seemed to be the experience for a lot of people they didn't know what, what to make of him or what he made of them thank you Nick thank you uh, is, did, uh, is that a common... Did you have this experience with him? Did you have an on and off again sort of relationship? Well, I don't... You know, I know Justin used Facebook a lot and probably shouldn't have been <laughs> on there. 
Yeah. Because it, it probably, you know, drew out a certain side of his personality. Yeah. So, um... What I, side of that personality, though? Well, you know, I mean, he was... In, in, you know, Justin liked to, 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 to be, he was kind of like a truth agent of sorts. I mean, yeah. he liked to, if he saw something that thought was needed saying like it is, he, he that was Justin. It didn't matter who it alienated or, or exactly. he just said it. And uh, and you say he got banned from the Transac? Yeah. I, I didn't know about this. Uh, why would he have been banned from the Transac? This is a long time ago. Really? Now... I'm not sure the details. Sure, but he was—I believe he was working there. Yeah. Um, as a, but uh, the um, the beautiful irony is that his service in Toronto is going to be at the Transac on the 19th oh, of April. Right? Oh, wow. Which which will be a a beautiful heavy day, I'm sure. You uh, worked with him. He worked on this. He plays on this record. He play. He yeah. He, he plays on this record. I mean, um, and he, he plays a little bit on uh, a record called Niagara, and then there's three other records going back to 2003 where he's integral to those records. What was it like playing with Justin for you? With Justin? Yeah. What was it like for you? Generally speaking, playing music with Justin just ra- just raised the intensity of the music by not by. D- by discernible, clear notches. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, there was a real, a real difference in the in the in, in in the energy of a band. He was a very gifted guitar player. Yeah, and and, ve- and but specifically for me, very g- he's very gifted in uh, in playing in in drawing out the spirit of a song and, and uh, respecting that. Um, so uh, that was for me pretty invaluable absolutely are there specific examples on the new record where Justin made a I don't know did he alter the course of a song that you had conceived or did he do something to a song that sticks out to you as a highlight did he play something where you're like oh that's exactly what that needed well I mean with regards to this last record, and really for most of the records, Justin always had as this ability to uh, weirdly compliment what I was playing, and then I'm getting very specific here. He would just change what I was playing or add a tone to it that was or a harmony that was qu- a little bit different. But he kept things pretty simple. But, but it was a selfish role he was playing a lot of the time. He he would he wouldn't try and be a guitar guy. I don't know if this m- makes any sense to you, but are you, are you pri- on this record? Are you primarily playing guitar? I'm playing a lot of piano and, and guitar, right? Mostly so, piano. So when you say he compliments what you're doing, it could be on either of those instruments. As well, he's playing. He's playing guitar. No, he is, guitar. but on you. Well, yeah, saying, when exactly. he's complimenting you on piano as yeah. well as guitar. Okay, it's it's almost not really that noticeable, but as a overall sound, it's really powerful. Right. So, but you say it's selfish. Uh, no, sorry, selfless. Oh, selfless. I'm yes. sorry. Okay. I sorry, just if I said <laughs> selfish, I take that back. <laughs> selfless. Well, I think I, I selfless. Okay. So he he viewed himself almost as a utility player in your work. Yeah. Oh, he 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 viewed himself as in service to you know whatever was happening. Right. Right. So yeah. we lost him. Um, mm. 
sadly, did you have any sense of where his headspace was at, or did you have a sense that this was? Uh, well, you know, I mean, he. Uh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. At a, a dramatic last two or three months, uh, he, he ended up moving... Strug- as, as people who know Justin, struggling with finding an appropriate housing situation in Toronto. Yeah. And that was, he documented that really well. And then he ended up finding a place that was a block away from me, or just a street away. So, it, you know, I've been walking by his, his place well, every day, you know, that's... Still, you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was having trouble finding housing and then something, he just... That's well, we, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's lots to, lots to speculate. Okay. He was, he was, he lived a hard life. Yeah, he did. That way. He did. Okay. So, and I appreciate you talking about him a little bit. I feel like uh, he's definitely worth talking about. For for sure, and in 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 uh, not just in the context of um, you know this the. The music community in Toronto, where he's his his influence and is so expansive, you know, he he really uh, is is a great part of our community, or was a great part of our community. And for me, you know, it's his his loss is is huge because he, yeah. he changed the way I thought about music a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know he'll be missed. Um, mm-hmm. This batch of songs for this latest record. Because you mentioned earlier when I asked about the song, t- uh, the album title, you said I might save that for later. You, you, you were saying that the original album yeah. title, and I wonder, is this a batch of songs that you wrote in, in sort of one go, so to speak, from beginning to end? Are they leftover ideas? I'm just curious about. Yeah, that. it's pretty much one go. One go. Okay. And do you have a sense of when that was? When did you? Which which song was yeah, the first one, and maybe when it started? I like these questions. I'm, uh, I guess it started around about the time I was promoting the last one. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so like 2017, late 2016, most of 2017 I was I was finishing it, at, and then we were in the studio in early 2018. So as you were promoting this, for you anyway, something of a charged up record, a different yeah. kind of record, your mind was already in this... I was always coming, I was already kind of coming down from that last record going into a completely different place that's sometimes what happens to me because yeah. you have to wait for records to be released and um, 
and in that time you often find yourself you're, you're the the energy that you have when you're writing that thing is is, is uh, gone and you're because a new thing is coming in and you've got to promote the previous work it's it's it challenging. is strange right so you're oh hey sorry yeah you can just yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead you can just set that down oh, yes. he's got the booty i've got the tuna melt and he's got the oh, thank, you. thank you so much oh, appreciate it yeah they were confused about where to put stuff. Well, this looks pretty good. Our food just arrived. Um, do you have a sense if anything about uh, Miracle in the Night is a reaction? You wrote this new record in the uh, sort of as you were wrapping up promoting the last one. Do you feel like it's a reaction to that experience in any way, or? Well. I assume it must have been. It's always every record is a reaction to the other in a way. You yeah. Because you're like, well, I'm done with that. I but it's a bit of a radical switch. Yeah. But if you listen, to, I mean, not that you should, Ravish, but if you were to go check out all my records, then you'd see this. It's pretty pretty consistent. You do an oscillation. A lot of a lot of artists are consistent making the same record over and over again. I kind of make a completely different record over and over again. You know, it's just just that's something I. That's a consistent thing. Is that a personality trait that you exhibit in other aspects of your life, where if you're doing something uh, for a no, while, I just you start to hate what I've done and I get bored with it? Do you have that? You have a little self-loathing. Uh-huh. Why is that? Well, what prompts that? Because you get sick of it. Well, you have to spend it so much time it making stuff. It's just like I want to go somewhere else. Well, how long did it take you to make the new record? If roughly, you say you started working on it 2017. Or is not that, that long, not that long. It was all done live. Live off the floor? Yeah. Okay, so the actual making of the record. No, I, I mean the whole thing. Writing the songs. Oh. Like you're saying that took a couple of years, it sounds like. No, or, it's or like a year. a year and a half. Okay. So now that it's done, do you have a perspective on where those songs might have come from, mindset, mood-wise? Yeah, but I don't think it's that important. Why, uh, why not? I mean... For me, it's just what came out of that period that I wrote it in was, you know, like it was a personal, there are personal things that a lot of singer-songwriters are like, well, well, you know, I was going through this thing and these songs came out and I'm like, I don't want to know about that. I just care about your song. You don't want to know about that, no, eh? I don't want to know. But that's kind of the nature of, what, what purpose do you think a conversation like this has? It's not important. Bit? But what do you think we should be talking about? Huh? What should we be talking about if not, <laughs> if not the sort of origin of your... Because I, I hear what you're saying, and I go through this struggle sometimes, and I talk about it rather openly. Well, I'm just being reactionary to that, to that process, because I find it... I just find it like... It doesn't make any difference. The, I, it's the, what, it was the work that came out... Could have come out through 20 different reasons... 20 different life scenarios... But it doesn't matter what the life scenario is. Okay. It doesn't matter what the life scenario is. But do you see, from your own perspective, with, with whatever you're willing to divulge, do you see running themes? Do you see a, a through line between these songs about... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was... Uh, sometimes I feel like this is going to be my last record. I, I often feel like that when I'm making a record. I'm like, well, what if this is my last record? You've felt this before. You, you yeah, felt this, I have. And it's I a recurring feeling. Yeah. Okay. And for this time, I was like, well, I just got to, what am I going to, what, what is the song going to be? And I mean, what, as you get older, I guess it, it becomes 
strange that the the only thing I was really thinking about was well maybe I can try and write some hymns. Hymns. Yeah, or like some kind of prayer or prayer. I mean, huh? I mean, that was the, all that made sense to me. Like when I hear the song "Adopt a Highway," I yeah. think of it as vaguely droll. That's a sign we all see <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But for example, that song. Where? What were you kind of, if you will, going for? What were you trying to address? I mean, it's there? a hymn to me. It's a hymn for what? Yeah. It is for solace. For it's medicinal. Medicinal. Yeah. In what sense? I'm just curious if you could expand upon that. Well, that song is about, you know, there's some Christian values in that song. Are you a religious person? Yeah, I'm not Christian, but yeah, I'm religious. Yeah, you practice something else or are you spiritual? There's a distinction to be made there. I don't think there's anything distinct about that. You don't think there's a distinction between spirituality no. and religion? Some I'm not, I d- may not have my, f- an organized religion. You know, I don't want to get into that discussion right now. But no, you don't. Okay. But, but uh, you know, the song is. I mean, maybe it didn't work. Maybe, uh, maybe I failed. If you don't see it that way, but no, I, I'm asking you. I, I, it's not how I see it necessarily. Uh, to be honest, the record is so fresh and new. I mean, I, when I say write a hymn, I mean I'm not. I'm not going to be ba- bashing people over the head with it. <laughs> no, I don't think you are either. No, okay. That's why I'm curious about it because you don't seem like someone who would proselytize per se to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe I've missed some things. You, you, well, you, you know, there's some, there's some, you know grace and true brotherhood in that song you know so uh, without getting too you know too heavy as I'm holding a, 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 a chip in my hand here yeah yeah um, you know so like um, anyway th- these are the ideas and things that I was feeling and at the time when I was writing it, it was, that's just made sense yeah South Seas band has been through a lot with you in terms uh-huh. of sonic exploration do you give them direction? Do you say, "Here's how what I'm thinking of"? Do you give them demos? Like, what? How does that? No, it's live in there. Good, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we so don't do any demos. We don't do any rehearsing. What? These guys are pretty, pretty good. So they, we just play the song. What you're hearing is normally the first or second time we play the song. Really? That's phenomenal. Because there's a real cohesion to these, to this record. I mean, that makes sense too, given. I'm yeah. sure you did it all in a few days or but something? Two or three days. Two or three days, right. Okay, so you give them no direction. Do you have a sense of how that sound came about for this record? I mean, beyond the fact that you hired well, who you hired or you, you, you procured who you this procured. This is the first record where I, I didn't add any other instruments. So there's no overdubs. There's actually, there is a cello overdub on one of the songs. But so what you hear is what happened. I've never done that before. I'm, a, I'm always had a producer instinct to me to my other records. I'll add a harmony or some other mus- music part. And this is the first time I left it alone, and um, and 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 Craig, the piano player on some of the songs, brought a pump organ by chance, and I love featured the sound. on Adopt a Highway. Actually, I, I love I the sound of it, yeah. and he played a lot of it on the record. So there's, it's like. You know, it's a show, really. So we, I didn't, it's, I didn't want to muck about. And and then when we were mixing the record, we tried to make it sound just like a like a monochromatic one sounding like a like a string quartet. 
And you know that was exciting for me not to think about oh I have to arrange this or I have to produce add anything to this. So that felt that was a different experience for me. So well, I think it's telling too that you went from a rather lushly produced thing to a sparse thing. And I guess what I'm wondering, you, you've talked about how you you don't really want to get into your mindset about the song lyrics or content per se. But what about that? What about on an aesthetic level, the choice to go from a populist sound to something more sparse, something more that could happen without even amplification, it, seems, it feels like to me. Yeah. What, what about that choice? <laughs> well, the uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, when I was working with Derek on the on the MIDI record um, you know like I I was gonna record with the South Seas on that record yeah and then we and then, I, and then it didn't happen so sometimes you want to go uh, uh, I've already t- we've already kind of talked about this in a way but you know that was purely an electronic record you know in a, in, in a certain way you know there was some no, there was all like electronic instruments. So there was some guitar, electric guitars. Yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. I didn't really think about it. it. Just ended up being the next one was acoustic. All you sudden. don't think about it. It's not, not something not you. Not too much. But you, it's. I'm. I'm just wrapping my head around this. You knew, you were kind of sick of what you had been doing, <laughs> with the last record. And, well, I wasn't and sick. I mean, I'm sick of what I've been doing all the time. Right. You're sick of the last thing, and and I'll get sick of this one at some point. Are you sick of the interview? Uh, I'm no, I'm uh, not yet. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, no, we don't have much longer to go. I think we can soldier on. All right, no, I'm just curious. I just all I wonder about when I ask these questions about mindsets and decisions is just if it's speaking to something bigger picture for you, something beyond yourself, something about the culture. Uh, well, the, well, the songs are the songs I write. I feel could, like could be produced in a, in. 10, 15 different ways, but the songs are the songs. Exactly, exactly, that's right. And I think that's really what is at the heart of it, is that, you know, people get hung up on production a little too much. You think so? Well, what, musicians or listeners? I don't know, like, I, I feel like, I'm always wanting people to present their songs differently, because, you know, I can hear, a, you can hear a song, people, there's so, people are so song sick, in my opinion, like they're so overburdened with song, yeah, that they're. I I feel like innately they're ready for to be ch- to be to be hear it presented in different ways. So, you're gonna tour behind this record. You're gonna play some shows behind this record. Yeah. Do you dip throughout your catalog in this configuration with this sound? Do you play songs from the last record that were all MIDI, but yeah. in this in this tone? Totally. So that speaks to what you're saying. The song is the song. Yeah. The production, the the players, even that's yeah, all, not secondary, but it's like not as integral as it's the song. It's just a songwriter's insight. Just right. like well, I you know, I wrote this on a piano. It's just it ended up with a bunch of synths and an 808. Right. It's really a piano song. It's exactly right. So yeah. you can that's that's healthy and normal. I mean, a lot of yeah. people. You mentioned Neil Young earlier, and I think he's one of the people that does and Dylan. Like these kinds of people, or Will Oldham, they they tend to take their songs. The songs tend to guide them where they're going to go. Yeah. On some level, the song they finish the song and then it tells them what. And it's, it's a be. moment thing, like like these things just happen, and and and, and, and uh, I really don't 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 fuss about it. That's too much. you seem like you're not. You don't. I appreciate that. Okay, so you f- you're through this process of this record. You're about to release it. 
as we're speaking. Are you in? Are you? Have you mentally moved on? Have you moved on to the next batch of songs? Not quite. Not that. Yeah, I'm working on another thing though. <laughs> it's not the last <laughs> record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And do you have a sense? Is are you already feeling it as whatever you're working on? It's germinating, I assume. Is it a reaction to this? No. 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 Continuation. Yeah, maybe. More like this, maybe. No, it'll be completely different. Completely different. But it'll be like small. In my mind, small town water tower yeah. is um, a is a well, sorry, miracle in the night is a continuation of small town water tower. As was small town water tower continuation of Niagara. Right. There's same. The, lyrically, there's there's the same themes going on. It's just presented in a different. It's a period, different period piece, movie context genre. You know, it's just like. You know, like I think of Stanley Kubrick when I think about these things. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get too... I don't want to drop the bomb there, but... There's a video for one of the songs on the new album that you released a while ago now, I believe, right? Yeah. It, what song is it again? Which one? It's the intermission song, I believe. I haven't released it yet. Oh, no. Is it no intermission? No one? intermission. We're no waiting for it to come out. Oh, okay. Oh, the video is not out yet. Yeah. Oh, I've just happened... Sorry. I, I sent it to you. You sent it to me, so I... Because I'm like, you should check this out, right. because... Yeah. All, all of Guelph is in this video. Right, except for me. I didn't respond to your Maybe call. Maybe you are in it. Am I? Somewhere. <laughs> I don't think so. So you have a song called No Intermission. Intermission. Inner. Inner mission, not intermission. Yeah. No intermission. And uh, that video, do you have a hand in the video making? Like, do you I do, yeah, I make. I produce and direct my videos. So you have a... An, are you an actor generally? No, I mean, I occasionally do acting on the side. But I went to film school before, I, before music kind of took over. I was a, a film student. Do they inform each other these these impulses? Like well, obviously, a, mu a music video is the clearest example of the world's colliding. But yeah, the trouble is, as as when I make my own videos, I tend to go full out, like full on ambitious filmmaker, and I really I should just do what most people do is do, you know, make it do videos. But right. I'm trying to make films. You did make a film. Yeah. With that one, what do you want to say about that video, just for the sake of saying something? Well, I mean. It, it, it there was a lot of synchronicity going on at, at the time of making that video so things would happen that would reflect another thing that was going to happen and we ended up first shoot the first shot we ended up in the legion hall of fergus ontario right and uh i'm with and with andy who's mcgoffin who was a producer and i put him into a, a kind of a monk's outfit yeah yeah and we were at a pool table and we saw this, oh now, I remember now, we saw this wall of, of, of photos of previous Le Legion Hall presidents. And I, f I saw this one guy's face of a photo. I said, look at that guy's face. It's crazy. It was so weird looking, his face. It was, his eyes were like sea blue bright. Okay. And then literally a minute later, I turn around and there he is. 20 years later, he's, he's, he's hanging out. Oh, wow. And that turned out to be the lead of the video because then we, the, ne oh, right. the next shoot I w it was a couple of months later. It took like a while to make this video, longer than the record. Right. <laughs> and I, I said, let's find out who this guy was. I want to put him in a movie house yeah. in Aurora yeah. and, um, and, 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 and make him my, my lead. And he turned out this guy was, his name was Kuhn. He was a 75 years old with a hearing aid and he was a, He'd been a pig farmer his whole life. Right. He had no idea who I was, what he was doing, why he was in this video. You know, he was happy to get a hundred bucks. 
basically, and do what he had to do. But he had a, an amazing face. And yeah. anyway, you'll s- people will see. People it will see it. So you have this non. You have a lot of non-actors trying to act, which creates a stilted kind of quality to the to living life. Like a lot oh. of posing uh, in the video. Like just a lot of staring. And and you can see that discomfort of a, a non-actor a little bit, which I actually gives it. Again, you mentioned Kubrick. I think of David Lynch. These people who kind of looking for that, looking for that little bit of authenticity and realness. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm for me, doing this kind of thing is very exciting. Yeah. And um, just like the music part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so uh, a lot of work goes into these things, knowing that. It's there are brilliant videos out there. Yeah, but it doesn't faze me. Okay, for me the video was very important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, um, and uh, yeah, a lot of w- a lot goes behind go- is going on. I agree. I agree. Okay, well we should eat our food. It's getting cold. Okay, and a lot of it has cheese and melted stuff on it. But uh, the new record Miracle in the Night is out on Tin Angel Records. That's right. Uh, May third. May third. And when can people? There may be vinyl copies at the show next week. Uh, in Guelph, yeah. as we're speaking. Okay, cool. They arrived. They're, they're being sent on next week. So. Nice, amazing. So, where can people go to learn more about this record? And you got? Do you have shows beyond the Guelph? Yeah, thing? there's yeah. um, there's Guelph next at the Kazoo Fest next April, the twelfth Friday. After that, in Toronto at the Imperial Pub, May four. Uh, we're playing another big festival in the Guelph area. I can't quite mention that. Yeah, I'm and aware then of that. there's a. Perry Sound Festival, Festival of Sound, um, in August, and then there's a private sh- concert in the Ottawa area. I don't know if you know about. You wouldn't be able to come to that. <laughs> okay. There's a couple other things with the Art of Time Ensemble in j- July, but and then Europe in uh, September. Nice. And where can people go to learn more about you and these things on the internet? My name dossier, just John Southworth dossier. Okay. All right. Uh, is there a song from the new album that we can go out on? Is there something you would pick? Well, let's, let's go in with no intermission. Okay. Anything more you want to say about it? I think we talked about it the video. Well, I'll just I say to s- dedicate this one to Justin. It's a good call. Okay. John, thank you for your time, and I, it's nice to be here with you, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you all, as always, Vish. Thank you. Oh
Special thanks again to John Southworth and, and all of the patrons and servers at the Skyline Restaurant in Toronto for being on this, the 470th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and lots of other things as well. You can find the show just about anywhere. If you can't find a particular episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks as well to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use the instrumental version of The Rest is Yet to Come to end this show each week. And finally, last but not least, to thank you. Thank you for listening to this show, subscribing to the podcast, and telling your friends about it. It means the world, and it helps keep the show going. So thank you for that. And that's all I have to say. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.